fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Give God a hand praise as our bishop come forth. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on and give God praise. Come on and give the Lord praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on and bless him. Come on and bless him. Glory be to God. Come on and bless him. You can bless him. He's been too good. He's been too kind. He has done great things. For he alone has done great things. Bless him now. Bless him now. Give him glory. Give him honor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless the God of my salvation. Come on and praise him. Come on and praise him. Give him glory. Give him honor. For he is good and his mercy endureth forever. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works unto the children of men. Amen. We give God praise. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. We give God praise, glory, and honor for being here today. Amen. Seeing your wonderful faces once more and again. Amen. For God blessing us and keeping us. Amen. Giving us strength to make it into another day. Amen. And we just come to say, thank you, Lord. Amen. How many can say, Lord, thank you? Amen. Lord, I thank you. I give you praise, glory, and honor. Amen. We're missing so many today. Amen. People celebrating anniversary. Amen. Those on vacation for the holiday. Amen. But we're here. Amen. We are here in the name of the Lord. Amen. To give God praise. Amen. In this place. We thank God for you who counted that robbery. Amen. Knowing that it's a holiday tomorrow, but you pressed your way out to the house of the Lord. I thank God that barbecues don't mean more to you than the Lord does. <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. Amen. Our brother Eric could have stayed home. He got a pool, but he's here today. Amen. Amen. We thank God. Amen. For being here. Amen. We thank God for our treasurer seeing her birthday today. Amen. Amen. Praise God for her. Amen. Wonderful, faithful woman. Amen. I think she got me. She's passing me by a year, right? I think so. Amen. We thank God for her. Amen. Being here. Amen. I'm only saying that because she can't defend herself right now. We thank God for another year. We thank God for another year for Nico and Tiana, Deacon Nico. Amen. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. Amen. Wonderful armor bearer, wonderful usher, amen, in the house of the Lord. And God has allowed them to see another year in marriage. Amen. When people are not staying together more than an hour, amen, they stayed together 13 years. And we thank God for the blessing. Amen. For he has made a way. Saints, open your Bibles with me to St. John, the eighth chapter. Thank God for the word. Amen. We thank God for seeing our sister Sharon out today. Amen. It's good to see her in the house of the Lord. 
Amen. We're here. Amen. To hear what thus says the Lord unto our hearts and to our minds. We're still under our subject. I must believe God. We have not changed from that. I must believe God. Amen. For everything we need, we got to believe God. Amen. For all that we're seeing in the world today, we got to believe God. Amen. We got to believe God. Amen. I believe God. Amen. To keep all his people. Amen. I believe God that he will do exactly what you ask for him. Amen. And we thank God for seeing my nephew Victor, who God has kept. Amen. Amen. All the way from Southern California. Amen. Amen. I say that because I want him to know that we have been praying for his safekeeping. Amen. And I know that God has been keeping him. I know his mother and father miss him. Amen. But he's doing the country a great service. Amen. Amen. Praise God for the men in military that watch out for our country. Amen. And we thank God for him taking such a wonderful step. Amen. He's going to be my complexion soon. He keep it up. <laughs> Amen. We thank God for him. God has kept them, and he, God has kept them. Why? Because we believe God. Amen? We believe God. For our mortgage, I must believe God. Amen? For the fixing of this building, I must believe God. For my marriage, I must believe God. For my safekeeping, across the turnpike as we travel from Sunday to Sunday, day to day, I must believe God. I was telling somebody on last night, I said, you know, even driving is a risk. You don't know if you get in that car whether or not you're going to come back. People are crazy out here. Amen. Not everybody's driving for you. Amen. I'll never forget it. My father-in-law gave me that revelation, and I said, wow. I said, that's a great one. He told me before I started driving, he said, remember, Troy, you're not driving just for you. You're driving for everybody else around you. Amen. Because I got to look out for those who's not looking out for themselves. Got people texting while they're driving. People making phone calls while they're driving, making, uh, doing email while driving on the turnpike at 65 miles an hour. The devil is a liar. Put that phone away. Amen. 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 The worst accident you can have is that one where you're going fast because the car keeps up its momentum. Even though you may have wanted it to stop. Amen. So let's pay attention. Amen? Amen. Amen. We all get caught up sometime. Amen. But we got to pay attention. Amen. I must believe God. You know, believing God doesn't just come with saying I must believe God. It's also doing the right thing that gives you the right to say I believe God. Amen? Because when we do the right thing, then we know we can believe God and God will take care of things for us. 
Amen. The thought for today, where do I find my answers? Again, where do I find my answers? Many people find their answers in their neighbors. They find their answers in books. They find their answers on television. Where do you find your answers? Where do I get my answers to life, many problems, to the things that's happening today? As our sister Michelle spoke on last Sunday, talking about Jesus is coming. Where are we getting our information about his coming? Where are we going to find out what's happening today? Where do we stand in the world as far as the end of the age, Jesus coming? Where are we? Remember, Paul and Peter and John, 2,000 years ago, were saying Jesus is coming. Man, surprisingly, I was talking to somebody yesterday, and as I was talking to them, and I said, you know, I said, where do you stand with God? And they said to me, well, all preachers have been saying Jesus is coming, and he ain't came yet. It reminded me, it took me back to the book of Peter, where the Jews had said, where is his coming? For ever since the fathers have left, things have continued as they were. He has not come yet. But I'm come, I've come to let you know, Jesus is coming. Amen? Don't look at God's time like we see time. First of all, our scope of time is very limited. First, because we don't have much time. What do we get, 80 years? There has been 70 years given to us, and some of us live 80 years. Matter of fact, we're living longer now than we did in years before, but still limited time. We're on borrowed time that God has given us, that God has loaned to us. Our understanding of time is very limited because getting deeper and going past time, there's eternity. And in eternity, there is no such thing as time. And our God lives in eternity. I want my answers from the one who controls time and eternity. Not just from people that control or think they control time. Our challenge to let Jesus fix it. Again, our challenge to let Jesus fix it. Stop trying to fix it yourself. Stop because you're going to mess it up. <laughs> you're going to make it worse than what it really is. Let Jesus fix it. Man, I remember years ago, uh, Brother Leon's father, Dexter, used to sing that song, Let Jesus Fix it for you. For he knows what? Just what to do. So whensoever you pray, let him what? Have his way. Let Jesus do what? Fix it for you. 
because you're going to mess it up. You're going to make it worse than what it really was if you don't let Jesus fix it. Oh, somebody lift up their hands so they have to say, Lord, fix it for me. What is it? Is it your income? Is it your marriage? Is it the way you're raising your children? Is it the way you deal with your family? Let Jesus fix it for you. Stop trying to fix it yourself. Stop trying to handle it. Stop walking around talking about I'm good and just say, I'm letting Jesus fix this for me. Amen? I'm not going to try to fix it. I'm going to let the Lord work on it. Let me say something. You can't change anyone. No matter how hard you try, you can't change them. Sorry husbands, sorry wives, you can't change them. We apologize, but you cannot change anyone. Let Jesus fix it for you. Mothers, you can't change your children. They are who they are. Boy, my son gave me a good dose and lesson on that. Both of them. You can't change them. You can only pray for them and let Jesus fix it for you. God taught me patience and understanding. Therefore, they live. My son, speaking of. Yes. God gave me patience and understanding. That's why they're still here. Amen. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Remember... Years ago, there was a cartoon. How many of you remember the cartoon? It's called the, the Family Circus or something. Y'all remember that cartoon in the newspaper? And, and, and the mother was, was dealing with the son, and the son had told her something so silly. And she looks, he said, yes, I am capable of physical violence. You can see that little cloud over her head where she's saying it in, in her mind. Amen, because man, I tell you, children make you lose your mind if you're not careful. And my children were not bad children. I mean, they, they had their trials like everybody else. But you know what? It's just, what is your trial is not my trial. Everybody's test is what? Different. Everybody's test is different. Maybe your children were, were those that like to hang out and would stay out without telling you. I had a daughter who had a mouth. She was going to voice her opinion whether you liked it or not. And then I had two sons who came and brought the same mouth. Lord have mercy. But thank God. All is well. (sighs) All is well. Amen, amen. And you know what God will do? God will give you the patience to raise them. One, the oldest graduated, then went to college, now she's married, and now she's bringing in grandchildren. Now my oldest son, done finished high school, going into college. God is good. God is good. And all the time, amen. I got the youngest one, and he's going to be a senior next year, and then he's going to graduate. That means they'll soon be moving out. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Amen. 
Amen. Soon I'm going to have my house all to me and my wife. Amen. Amen. They could stay as long as they, you know. But anyway, I'm going to give Isaiah no ideas. Amen. Let Jesus fix it for you. Amen. Let Jesus fix it. Finally, your topic, very simple. The word is the answer. The word is the answer. We need to stick with that. Stay with that. The word has the answer. John, the eighth chapter. Turn with me quickly to Psalms 91. Holding on to John 8. Turn with me. First, turn with me to Genesis 12 and 3. Genesis 12 and 3. Then we're going to go to Psalms 91. Genesis 12 and 3. Those of you who know your Bible, you know that this is the call of Abram. When before he became Abraham, he was Abram. His father gave him the name Abram. It was God that changed his name to Abraham. Amen. And God gave him a promise. And I need you to know that God is a promise keeper. God will always keep his promises to his children. But there must be obedience to God's will, to God's word, to his way of doing things. There has got to be a submission to God. Amen? With everything good, with everything good that we get, there is a cost. And the cost is your obedience and submission to God. You just can't say, I believe God. You got to be obedient to God. You just can't say, I believe God. You've got to be submissive to God. Because there's a lot of people that say, I believe God. But as they're believing God, they're doing what they want to do, which voids out their believing God because self gets in the way of believing God. And the devil's main instrument, his main tool to work on today is to cause us to care more about self than about what God wants. Because if I get caught up in myself, I will worry more about me than anybody else. And what happens then is, as I told Tabernacle this morning, I become the priority and God becomes secondary. So the things of God become secondary, secondary because self has become priority. And this is what happens when we put too much emphasis on self. I need to take the focus off of self and know that the word is the answer. And see, what we found out and we understood that in the book of Joshua, when Joshua spoke of Abraham, Joshua spoke of Abraham and even let us know that Abraham was once an idol worshiper. Abraham was once an idol worshiper. But somewhere in his life, there was a change. How many know that in all of our lives, there's got to be a change? There's got to be a change in the way we think. There's got to be a change in the way we do things. There's got to be a change in our perspectives. There has to come a change in our life. And Abraham, somewhere in his life, realized that idols weren't the answer. 
And he turned to God. And God called him and spoke to him and gave him a promise that is saying, listen, listen, listen to this, that God is still fulfilling today. How many heard that? God gave Abraham a promise, listen, 4,000 years ago that God is still fulfilling today. And Abraham is long dead, but God is still taking care of his word that he gave to Abraham. He has not failed Abraham. He promised Abraham a seed, and Abraham had Isaac. But before Isaac, Abraham listening to the voice of his wife and following his own sexual pleasures, Abraham had another child named Ishmael. And that child, Ishmael, is the same people that you know in the Middle East who are right now against Israel. The Muslim, the Islamic people who are now against Israel, who follow the teaching and the beliefs of that Ishmael was the blessed seed, not Isaac. But we know what God said according to his word. Who was the blessed seed? The blessed seed was Isaac. And Abraham only had one son who would bring forth the promise. And Isaac had twins, but out of those twins, one was Jacob, and Jacob would be the son to bring forth the blessings of Abraham. And it was not even until Jacob, when Isaac died, it was when Jacob had the 12 that the promise started to be seen of the nation multiplying as God said it would. Isaac had two, and then Jacob had 12. And out of that 12, Israel was birthed. The nation was birthed. And now you can't count them as God said. Because if you can count the sand of the, of the sea, by the sea, so, you, so would Abraham have been able to count what God was going to do with him. He said, he told Abraham, he said, look up at the stars, count them if you are able. But he couldn't. And God kept his promise. Just as he told Abraham, his people would be like the stars. You wouldn't be able to count them. And God kept his promise. Oh, look around and tell your neighbor, God is a promise keeper. Listen to what he said. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house into a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Look at that. Abraham at that time was not able to do the things that God had just said to him, but God told him, I promise you, I will make you a blessing. Oh, somebody look up and say, Lord, make me a blessing. Lord, say, Lord, let me be a blessing to somebody who crossed my path. 
Let me be a blessing. Listen, I will make of thee a great nation. Listen, and at this time, Abraham had no children. I will make of thee a great nation. Abraham was already married to Sarai, and Sarai had no children, but now Abraham had a promise. I will make of you a great nation. Out of one person, God promised to make a great nation. Out of one person who didn't even have children yet, but God. See, God don't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. So you don't have to tell me, well, pastor, I'm going to wait. Bishop, I'm going to wait until I get my doctorate's degree to do ministry. And after I get my bachelor's degree, I'm going to do ministry. God don't need your education. What he needs is your obedience to the call, your obedience to his will, to the way he wants you to go. And that's all he needed from Abraham. All he needed was a yes, because he already had the answer. And God's answer was his word. And you know what I like about it? He kept his word. How many know that? Come on, how many in here keep your word? Come on, how many here really believe I keep my word? No, you don't. You're all a bunch of liars if you said you do. Because somewhere down the line, we fail our word. But oh, thank God that we have a great God whose word never fails. What he says he will do, he is always fulfilling his word. He has never reneged on his promises. He always keeps his word. He listen, listen, and I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee. And the greatest thing about this is that most of this did not happen while Abraham was alive. It was done after he died. But the promise was kept. The word is still enforced. And God has not failed him. Listen, I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee and I will make thy name great. Do you not know that the Muslims and the Islamic people, listen, they split with us when it become to Isaac and Ishmael. They split. They go to Ishmael. We believe the blessing came from Isaac. But do you know what? Just to show God made Abraham's name great, we both believe on Abraham. It's not Abraham where they separate. They all believe in Abraham's fatherhood. It's at his sons they separate. God kept his promise. Ah. I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great. Listen, and thou shalt be a blessing. And listen, and I will bless them that bless thee. And I will curse him that curseth thee. I will curse them that curse thee. They, listen, in other words, God is saying they won't prosper. 
They will try to go forward and can't. Now, Israel is the blessed nation of God. And the nations around them have cursed them and thought to do them harm. But guess what? The blessing of God covers Israel. The blessings of God keeps God's people. So much so that when the other nations around them, and I want you to know that Israel being a little strip of property is surrounded by their enemies, but their enemies cannot destroy them. Even one nation's leader said, I will wish, just like it says in the word of God in Psalm, they said, I will wish is to wipe Israel off from the face of the map, but still Israel survives and is kept by God. And you know what? You just read the promise where it's done. And God is still keeping them. Oh, say it with me. God is a keeper. Say it with me. God is a keeper. And God said, I will make of thee a great nation, and thou shalt be a blessing. How was Abraham also a blessing? Abraham was also a blessing to the church. Why? Because when Abraham was called, Abraham was not a Hebrew. When Abraham was called, Abraham was a Gentile. And because of that, we must understand that the first one who received the promise was not a Hebrew, nor Jew, nor Israel. The first one to get the promise was the Gentile. And he received the promise as a Gentile and God blessed him. So the church is blessed with Father Abraham. And we are a part of the great blessings of Abraham. So listen, listen, I'm going to say it again. We are a part of the great blessings of Abraham. So God says to you, like he says to Abraham, I will bless those that bless you. I will curse those that curse you. In America, they have become very hostile towards Christians. But I come to let you know that no matter what, you are blessed of the Lord. They won't be able to touch you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper because you are blessed of the Lord. You are blessed. And don't let anybody else tell you any different. They are very hostile towards Christians. Know this, anybody else in this nation can say anything they want to except a Christian when he opens his mouth. Why is he talking? We don't want to hear nothing he's got to say. You ever notice that? Only when Christians, you ever notice even when you watch TV and people start talking about Jesus, they're cut very short. We have very few Christian stations in America. They took the one that I love, W. How many? Sixteen hundred WWRL. Ain't even here no more. Anything that has to do with Christ is cut. Isn't that a shame? The one who is the answer to their needs. The one who came from Abraham, which was the seed God spoke of. Amen. Let me tell you something. When this country was founded, 
the founding fathers of this country believed God for the nation. And now our government only says pray when they're in trouble. Sorry, Victor, we're going to have to talk about the country a little bit this morning. But you'll understand it better. Keep on serving them and do God's will. But you can't mention Jesus on TV. They don't want to make too many Christian shows. And yet, at the point we are in the world, where the world is today, why would you take Jesus from the world? Why would you take the only answer to the world's problem? The only cure to the disease called sin. The only The only thing that could inoculate us and help us with this virus because nothing else will do. He's the only cure. The word is the only cure for sin. Why are they trying to take it from the world? I'm here to let you know that this was perfectly orchestrated by the devil himself. You should see how hostile they get when you say Jesus. Most people don't mind when you say God. Because most believe, yeah, well, I believe in a higher power. I believe there's a God. But when you say Jesus, say what? I've seen their whole face change. I've seen people focus on Christians like, who you think you are? know, we ain't did nothing to them. I ain't never even met you before. Why you hate me? That's because the Jesus in me is not the Jesus in you. Because Jesus is not in you. Mm. And this is, guess, guess what, saying? This is all about the blessings. Saints, that's all it's, ever, it's, it's been about, the blessings of the seed. The seed that God promised Abraham, I will make thee great and I will bless thee. It's all about the blessings you have that the enemy does not want you to have. Our founding fathers believed God for this nation. And now when you look at this nation, they don't even want to put the word of God in the state buildings. Don't even trust God anymore. Don't even look to God anymore. Matter of fact, when they tell the country to pray, that means pray to the God you believe in, not necessarily the God of the Christians. You pray to your God, let's see which God answers. But this is, you're so shocked. This is the same attitude of the people in the Bible. How many of y'all remember the story of Elijah? When Elijah went up against the 450 prophets and they went crying around the altar and crying unto Baal and crying out and crying out and nothing happened and they start cutting themselves to Baal and still Baal wasn't answering and Elijah said, call him loud for he is a God. Perhaps he's on vacation or he's resting and they kept calling and nothing happened and when they were finished, Baal never answered, but Elijah prayed. 
Elijah called on God and let the God that answered by fire be known as God. And God answered by fire and the people bowed and said, the Lord, he is God. The God of Elijah answered when Baal was asleep because Baal ain't real. Very, very fine telling story of who is real as far as who is God. Let the God that answered by fire, let him be God. One prophet of the Lord against 450 prophets and God answered the one prophet by fire from heaven not only licked up and took up the altar, took up the water on the altar, took up the sacrifice, licked up the dirt of the altar and snatched it all up. He's got to be God. And turned a whole nation to God. Because God can do it. Amen. And America has failed to turn to one God. And so now, America is $19 trillion in debt to outside nations that they owe. Do you know what? They even owe some of their enemies trillions. They owe China over a trillion dollars. They're in debt. And whether we understand it and see it or not, America is falling. You may not have understood it. America is falling. And some would attribute it to the debt. Some would attribute it to bad leadership. But I'm going to tell you the truth of it. When you turn from God, When you turn from God, you're doomed. You cannot prosper when you turn your heart from God. And that's why we're seeing the things in America that we're seeing today. Notice, right is wrong and wrong is right. Just going back 50 to 60 years ago, it was unheard of for two men to walk the street holding hands saying that we are husband and husband. But now, it's okay. And you better not say anything about it or we're going to sue you. We will attack your company. We will attack your business and cut you off. Oh, that's why I thank God for the people from Chick-fil-A who stood up for what is right and they said, we will not bow to your tyranny. And guess what? When the gays came against them, God blessed the company in such a way that now they are the number one fast food chain in America because what God has blessed, no man can curse. All we need is somebody to take a stand. They tried to tear them down. But God said, you will not. 
And right here in America, they are the number one fast food chain, and they still don't open on Sunday. That is the Lord's day, and they gave that to God, and they will not, they will not open. And because they have not taken down, God has made them great. God has blessed them just like he promised Abraham. All it takes is you to stand for God because the word is the answer. Don't stand with the world. Don't worry about profits. Don't worry about margins. Don't worry about those things. Do what God says. Be honest. Don't cheat nobody. Don't brown nose. Don't try to push somebody out the way to get to a higher position. God will take you to that higher position. God will give you what you don't have. He'll give you the desires of your heart when you believe and trust in him. I have a, I have a wife who has not touched or went, or, or I should say, she has not gotten a college degree. She has not gotten a college degree, but she's the top secretary in the company. And there's no one higher than her in the company. You see what I'm saying? God will give you what the world wants. But when you serve him, he'll make the blessings come your way. He'll open up. See if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings that you won't have room to restore. Listen, for eye has not seen, neither has ears heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of men what God has in store for them that love him. Others will get pink slips when you'll still have a job because you are blessed. Why? You have made the word your answer. Mm. So now she's top secretary in the place, giving orders to others who think they should be where she is. Ah. This is a pure, this is a pure way of saying God will make you the head and not the tail. You are rich, not poor. You are above and not beneath. God will, God will move others who don't serve him out the way to bring you forward when you make the word the answer. Amen. Don't, try to, don't, 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 don't ever try to cheat somebody to get somewhere. Don't ever try to run over people because of what you want. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding in all thy ways. And what? Acknowledge him. I don't have to push somebody else. I'll tell any woman, don't take a married man. You can't be blessed doing that. Any man, don't take somebody else's wife. You can't be blessed doing that. You bring curses upon yourself because you're taking from somebody else to suit self. Amen? And anytime you try to uplift self, self will fall. Amen? 
$19 trillion in debt. And even if America sold itself, it couldn't pay its debt. So I'm here to tell you, listen, because America's only worth $4 trillion. That's $15 trillion off from their debt mark. Y'all don't understand, y'all understand what I'm saying? The first thing you see this, there's millions, billions, and trillions. <laughs> a trillion is a hundred times a hundred billion. Am I right or am I wrong? I got the math right? Is, is it right, Brother Steve? That's a lot of money. That's a whole lot of money. And that's what the nation we are in are in debt in. But I thank God that I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. For this world is not my home. And though I live in America, I am not truly American. I am a Christian. Because I don't come from the earth. I come from the Lord. I've been reborn. And because I've been born again, I don't belong to the world. So to all you Americans, God bless you, I'm a Christian. You know what Christian says? Christian says, I, I live here, and I'm here, but I don't belong here. Because guess what? When it's all over, God's going to give me the earth. God's going to give me the for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. And we are heirs and joy heirs through Jesus Christ. The world is mine. While they're in $19 trillion in debt, God's going to give us the world and... <laughs> Y'all didn't hear it. While America is $19 trillion in debt, God's going to give us back the world and wipe the debt out. Ah, somebody ought to give God praise. <laughs> Only God can do it. He's going to wipe the debt away. Wherein we won't owe anything. And then he's not going to sell us the world. Martha, he's going to give it to us. And then he's going to say, as I told Adam, your father, have dominion. Rule it. Have rule over the fish of the sea and over the fowls of the air and rule the animals on the land. And what you tell them, they got to do. And they're going to wipe the debt. And then he's going to tell them, listen, and then I'm going to go further. No more death. No more debt, no more death. Listen, D said, wait a minute, that's, that's not it. No more destruction. Listen, no more war. No more crying. No more debt collections. No more bothering you. No more pain. No more suffering. No more hunting for jobs. No more of that. No more of that. Get the full blessings of Abraham and walk in them and be blessed. No more, no more labor. Sorry, Michelle. No more birth pains. She's going through it for now, but soon she won't have to do that no more. Amen. No more marriage and giving in marriage. Look at that. For God is going to make us all one big family. We, listen, even now, we're one family. One body of Christ. 
one Lord. Didn't Brother Mark read that this morning? One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God who's over all, who's in all, who's in you all. One Lord. John 8, John 8. Psalms 91, Psalms 91, then John 8. I want you to read this. I want you to meditate. I don't know how you do, but I, I meditate on this verse every day. I meditate. I find my way somehow back to this. This and the 23rd Psalms, which I have been quoting since a little child. Amen. I thank God for our brother Lee. He's raising his, his him and sister and that, raising their sons, and they know the 23rd Psalm. And you can't get some grown-ups who can recite the 23rd Psalm. Shame on you. And we got children under 12 who can recite the 23rd Psalms. They know the word of God. Listen. Psalm 91, very simple. You, most of you know it. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He that dwelleth in... What is the secret place? Because a lot of people have been asking, what is this secret place? The secret place is the one place you can go where nothing can get to you where nothing can touch you nothing can hurt you and that secret place can only be found in Christ in Christ you can hide because he will hide me in his tabernacle he will hide me in his presence so the secret place is Christ. Say it with me. The secret place, secret place. is Christ. Christ. See, and I need you to understand something. See, the, to the topic, the word is the answer, right? The word is very important. Let me tell y'all something. Do y'all not know that Satan studies the word? Who disagrees? Who disagrees? Do you not know that when Satan came to Jesus and he confronted Jesus in the wilderness, do you know he quoted the word? Do you know where he got it from? Psalms 91. He took a verse out of Psalms 91 and quoted it to Jesus. Satan knows the word. The only thing he counts on is you not knowing it. And you not knowing the promises God has for you in the word. He's hoping that by your tests and trials and troubles that you have, that you will forget what God has said and will believe what is happening to you rather than believe that the word is the answer. That's his hope. But he knows the word. That's why when he comes to you, he can quote scriptures but he quotes them out of context. Because he's only using it for your destruction. So you gotta be careful when he gives you a word. You can't go rolling your eyes at Sister Hargit over here and then get a word to back you up. <laughs> the devil is a liar, how you gonna do that? You're going to back up why in scriptures you haven't paid your tithes and offering. 
But that's what, that's what we have, that's what a lot of Christians have been reduced to today. Taking God's word and using the, taking the text, taking something from the text and using it out of context. Come to me next week and I'll explain it to you. See, because when you take something from a text and use it out of context, you're only using it for your own good. So you can use it to suit you, but not to use it to suit the purposes of God. So now, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Listen, I will say of the Lord, listen, he is my what? He is my what? He is my place where I can go for protection, where no one can come to me because he is my refuge and my fortress. In him I can hide. My God, in him will I trust. Not in America, not in my firearm, not in the guns that I have in my home. In him I will trust. See, most of us think we'll feel protected if we had a gun. I've been fighting that for years because, see, I'm a homeowner. I'm a homeowner. I'm, I own a home, so I have a right to bear arms. But if I get a gun, I might trust that gun more than I trust God. See, that's why some of y'all will never be millionaires. Because you might trust your money more than you trust God. Stop playing lotto because you're never going to hit it. Because if you get it, you might lose God. You might lose the answer for an answer. That, did y'all get it? Y'all heard the word in? You might lose the answer for an answer. Y'all go study that. Come back. John 8. Let's go to John 8 quickly so we can end. John 8. Jesus here is talking to some people and he's talking to the Jews who don't believe. And they're not seeing him as the answer to the world's problems. See, you got to know that the word is the answer to your problem. You can't magnify your problem. You cannot magnify your situation. You have got to magnify the Lord. That's why David said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together because what will be great to you is what you magnify. Amen. How many heard that? I'm going to say it again. What will be great to you is what you magnify. If you magnify your problem, your problem is greater to you than your God. If you magnify your worrying, your worrying is greater to you than God. If you magnify your trouble, then your trouble is greater than the one who can bring you out of trouble. Whatever I magnify, that's what's greater to me. See, this is why God was so angry with Israel in the wilderness, because they murmured. And they complained. And as I told Tabernacle this morning, when you murmur and complain, all you're doing is like a teapot that's about to boil and whistle. Because all the murmuring and complaining 
is about to explode in you. Amen? People don't, listen, as much as we like to think of it, people don't get divorced overnight. It's usually a series of problems where complaining starts, but no one heard it. Oh, how many heard that? Complaining and murmuring started, just like with Israel. That's why they wandered. The whole generation that came out of Israel wandered, came out of Egypt, wandered 40 years and died in the wilderness and never got to see God's promise because they murmured and complained to all my complainers, hear what thus says the Lord. Stop complaining. Paul said, in whatever state I am, Therewith I have what? Learn to be content. I'm not going to complain because I don't make what Rosie makes. I'm not going to complain because I don't have a good a job as Lee does. I'm going to be content with what I have. And I'm going to learn to bless God with where I am. Because if I be faithful over a little thing, God will make me ruler over much. But I cannot get the greater if I'm not satisfied for the smaller. Mm. The Jews were more concerned about keeping the law than knowing that God was sending a New Testament. They're worried about the law And God sent the law into the world in human flesh. They're wondering if we listen to Jesus, then God will leave us, not knowing God is in front of them, talking to them, walking with them, healing them, raising them up from the dead, casting out demons. God was with them. They forgot Emmanuel. God, what? With us. And you had it in your law, but you didn't understand it. The answer is in the word. Somebody say the answer is in the word of God. Say it again. The answer is in the word of God. I come to let you know that if you're troubled, the word is the answer. If you're still grieving over somebody that died years ago, the word is the answer. If you're still grieving over the abuse that you have suffered, the word is the answer. If you're still crying because somebody did you wrong, the word is the answer. And the only thing the enemy doesn't want you to know is that the word is with you. The word is in you. The word is in your hand. Pick it up and get a word from the Lord. Get a word. I'm telling you, Victor, if you hear about war, get the word. If you hear about trouble, get the word. Because I want to let you know that when you're on the battlefield, the shield of God will be over you. God will protect you from your enemies. Don't trust your gun. Trust in the Lord. Don't trust your bombs. They got bombs now that can kill a whole nation, that can kill a whole country. But no weapon 
formed against the people of God shall prosper. Even if they kill us, we will come back and reign forever. We reign now. We reign now. Somebody say, we reign now. Oh, look around, tell your neighbor, we reign now. Come on and give God a hand, praise if you know it. We reign now. Hallelujah. Listen, Jesus said, verse 42, listen, Jesus said unto them, if God, if God were your father, ye would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I, listen, neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do ye not understand my speech? Even because ye cannot hear my word. You listen. You don't understand the power of the word when the word is there and you're still magnifying your problem. Jesus said, you cannot hear me because you can't hear my word. My word is not in you, he's telling them. And because my word is not in you, you can't, you have turned a deaf ear to me. That's why I'm going to die and you're still not going to know I am. I'm going to leave this earth and ascend into heaven and you're still not going to know the I am. Listen to this, listen to this. Then go on. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my word. Listen to what he says to them. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, listen, you don't believe me. The truth is, everything you're going through is smaller than your God. Everything you are encountering, God has the answer for you in his word. But if you keep magnifying what you're going through, you cannot get the answer. How many understand? How many hear? Listen. Jesus said, which of you, in other words, which of you convinces me of sin? In other words, which of you, any of you know you've seen me sin? You know the things I have done? Listen, and if I say the truth, why do ye not believe me? He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore heareth them not. Listen, because ye are not of God. A little bit more, Listen. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan and has a devil? Do you hear what they just told your God? They just told your God that he has a demon. And Jesus answered, I have not a devil, but I honor my father and ye do dishonor me. And I seek not my own glory, for you know, everybody seeks for their own. Nobody's really looking out for you. They seek for their own. That's why America has the space program, because they're trying to find somewhere to go. 
They want to find somewhere, another planet that they can run to and leave y'all here, all of us here, with the problem. Y'all don't know that? They're not trying to find another planet to take all of us, because they can't. They want to find a planet so that they can take the rich and elite and leave, and leave you to what's going on here. So they can save themselves. Jesus came not to save himself. He came to save the world. Amen? Somebody say, he came to save the world. Listen, verse 51, quickly. Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. How many heard that? Then said the Jews unto him, now we know that thou has a devil. Abraham is dead. And the prophet, and thou sayest, if a man keep my saying, he shall never taste death. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead, and the prophets are dead? Who maketh thyself? Jesus answered, if I honored myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father that honored me, of whom ye say he is your God. Yet ye have not known him, but I know him, and if I should say I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you. But I know him and keep his sayings. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. You see that? Abraham saw my day and he saw it and was glad. And somebody said, well, when did Abraham see Jesus' day? Abraham saw Jesus' day when he sacrificed his only son, Isaac, to God. And he was about to give him to God before God stopped him. When God stopped him, God showed Abraham the plan. He said, no, Abraham, don't you kill him because I'm going to send my son into the world. You let your son live, but my son, Jesus Christ, the word of God, the answer to the world's problem. My son is going to come and bring the answer that the world needs. Don't kill Isaac because I'm going to let the world kill my son and I'm going to bring salvation. Listen, listen to God. Listen, listen to the wisdom of God. I'm going to bring salvation through murder. Do, do you hear it? I'm going to bring salvation through murder because Jesus was murdered. How many know that? No one's ever been put on trial for his death, but Jesus was murdered. Amen? Listen, I'm finished. Listen. Then said the Jews unto him, thou art not 50 years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Close your Bibles. I am the answer to the world's problem. I am the answer to terrorists. I am the answer to your debt. I am the answer that the world keeps pushing away. The word is the answer. Come on and stand with me. Come on and stand with me. 
Come on, somebody say it loud, out loud. The word. Come on, somebody say it out loud. The word is the answer to my problem. Come on, say it loud again. The word of God is the answer to my problem. With your hands lifted up and your eyes closed in the name of Jesus. Every hand lifted up, every eye closed right now. Every hand lifted, every eye closed right now. I'm telling you right now, no matter who they put in the president's seat, they can't fix these problems. They will never be able to bring the world back to true glory. Because there will only be peace. There will only be peace when we crown the Prince of Peace. For in his presence, there is the fullness of joy. When love comes and reigns on the earth, then all murder will stop. All wrongdoing will be done. When the great I am takes over. Why is he I am? Because he is the self-aware one. The self-existing one. The self-sustaining one. He sustains you and the rest of the world. And he never loses his power. He gave us the blood to wash away our sins and to keep us under his word. Come on and pray with me. Come on and begin to magnify the Lord while you stand right there. Just for a minute, begin to magnify him for the answer that he sent into the world. The answer that he sent, Jesus Christ, the word of the living God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the same in the beginning was with God. The word, the word that brought light where there was darkness. The word that brought resurrection where there was only death. The word that brought bread of life when there was only this natural food that will still kill us. The word. The word came and brought leadership for he said, I am the good shepherd. Gave us access to heaven by saying, I am the door. It's all about the word. All about the word. Just begin to worship him right there where you are for the word. For it is your answer. It is your answer to every problem, every situation, every circumstance. Your answer is in the word. Nothing, but nothing can help you but the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus is the answer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we can only get America to see that Jesus is the answer. Above him, there is no other. Jesus is the way. Hallelujah. The answer to the world's problem. The answer to world peace. It can't be signed in a treaty. It only comes through Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Come on, let's sing it. Jesus is the answer. Hallelujah. 
Jesus is the answer to all the world today. Hallelujah. With there's no other. Jesus is the way. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on, sing it loud. Sing it loud. To all the world today. Above him. Above him there's no other. Jesus. Jesus is the Come on, one more time. Loud. Come on. Jesus is the answer to all the world today. Above him there's no other. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Come on, glorify him. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I want you to take this home with you. The world tomorrow will be celebrating independence, but I'm going to celebrate my dependence on God. How many got that? I'm going to celebrate my dependence on God. So you celebrate your independence. I'm going to celebrate my dependence on the word of God. God bless you. We love you.